Team, good evening. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're absolutely fantastic. It's good to be back. Uh, back from Austria, back into the stable environment is the office. So doing presentations and bits and pieces like this are an awful lot easier. Um, I'm really excited for this evening's call because I got quite fired up putting this together. And this is the culmination of maybe the last three or four days worth of thoughts that I've had be it running across the mountains in Austria or reading through feedback and just kind of generally reflecting on the journeys of everybody here so far. There are some elements that I know some of you definitely in this room, certainly listening back to this on the podcast, are going to feel like I'm talking directly to you. And quite frankly, I am. So this is where we're going to really dive into this because... This is going to be a bit more centered on the mental resilience pillar of the adventure coach. For those who are new, welcome. Um, what we do with these calls is they're all centered on one of the four pillars of the adventure coach. Uh, number one being build, that's the body, that's the fitness. Number two being manage, that is your nutrition and health. Number three being forge, that is your mental resilience. And number four being develop, and that is developing you as an overall adventurer. So what we're going to do now, team, is we're going to dive into a little bit of mental resilience. And this will apply to every single person in the Adventure Coach and all of your friends and family team. So I really hope that you take a lot away from this. So here we go. Buckle up, strap in, let's rock and roll, team. Now, this evening is very much centered on perspectives, but also understanding exactly what you're doing here. Now, let me put that into perspective. Speaking of perspective, what are you doing here? Because none of you are here for just a workout, right? You're not here for just a training plan. That's a fraction of what we do. And I hope that's really come across quite strongly over the last however long it's been that you've been here. Workouts are great, but you can Google a, a workout. You can chat GPT a workout. That's all good. That's a fraction of what we do. And if you feel like you are just here for a workout, do you feel like you are genuinely supposed to be here? And I mean that, again, with not necessarily an aggressive tone, but I mean that in the sense of, I would love for you to just consider this and see where you feel that you are at. What is it that you felt like you most needed when you first came here? And now where are we? What is it you feel like you're focusing on now? Because let me tell you this, if you're just here for a workout, something is going to falter at some point and then you're going to need something else. And it's understanding what those something else's are going to be. Now, let me, let's dive into this a little bit further. Um, I've clicked the wrong button. What a great start. It's not letting me change. Oh, standby. IT. Here we go. There we go. Have I gone the right way? Yes, I have. Right. The first thing I want you to ask, to ask yourselves is this question. And this is a deep question. And I want you to really, really contemplate it because you will not be able to answer it straight off the cuff. Bullshit beliefs, BS beliefs. What are the beliefs that are holding you back from achieving the goals that you want to achieve? Because these beliefs are things that you have cultivated and created over your entire life. These are beliefs that are holding you back from doing the things that you want to achieve because they have been given to you by yourself, cultivated over your entire life thus far. Those beliefs could be as black and white as the keto diet is best, or they could be a little bit more nebula, like, for example, I'm not good enough to do that. Oh, I don't do that. 
mm, maybe I need to be doing this. In order to train for an ultramarathon, I need to be doing tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of mileage. Um, I've never wild camped before, so therefore I'm going to be no good at it. It's not for me. It's not the right thing for me. You can see where we're going with this team, because when we look at these specific beliefs, this is also looking at biases. Biases are interesting because biases are essentially a reflection of your own self-beliefs. You can get some people who will take their bias too far and they kind of maybe turn a little bit charlatan in their in their sort of beliefs and really kind of thrust it upon people. There's a lot of people who do that in the world, unfortunately. But then also, when you understand what your bias is, you understand this sort of preordained belief that everybody has individually for yourselves. And I want you to turn this onto you and your self-belief. I want you to turn this on to you and what you feel that you can achieve. Because let's do let's do an let's do an exercise here. And I did this with someone in the adventure coach today. What is it you're actually trying to achieve? Why are you here? What's the point? Not here as in here in the world, here is in the adventure coach. Why are you paying me to be here? What is it you're looking for? What is it you're trying to achieve? Because when you can understand that, you can understand what your overall goal is. That doesn't necessarily have to be running the 10, doing an ultramarathon in Austria, doing a 100-mile bike ride. It doesn't necessarily have to be something completely objective. It could be, do you know what, Ben? It's a feeling that I'm looking for, a feeling of being able to be 10 weeks out from any adventure, any opportunity, anything that I could possibly want to do. Maybe it's being able to pass the course, to pass the test, to do the thing. There's going to be something that's going to be a catalyst to you saying, I am not where I should be. And it is incredibly important that you look at that and you reflect on it. And we look at that and we need to understand that from the perspective of what these initial beliefs are. Because if you turn around and say to me, I want to be the type of person who can go off at the click of a hat and run a half marathon to go and climb a mountain, to be able to go and pass the military course, to be able to go and do the thing. But in your head, you have a hardwired self-belief. Oh, do you know what? I, I, it's, it, I'm not the sort of person who does that. I love the idea of it, but I'm not the sort of person who does that. Can you see the difference? Maybe you're the sort of person that wants to be the ultramarathon runner. But you know what? You've got completely shot self-confidence. Something's going to have been the catalyst to that. Previous relationships, um, influences from environment, influence from people around us, influence from ourselves. It could be something that we've completely um, made, not necessarily made up, it's not fictional, it's real, but like made up and concocted rather in our heads to ourselves, by ourselves. Therefore, it's you that's holding you back, no one else. Because this leads you on to the box in the middle of this screen, your limitations. What aspects of your life do you dislike? Or to an extent, hate. Because let me let me ask let me tell you this very, very simple point here, folks. If there are if you're living a life that you genuinely don't like, you dislike, or even you hate, what is the point? What is the point? Now don't take this the wrong way. We're keeping this positive and upbeat here. But I'm I'm gonna talk to you from a perspective of I was in a point in my life once upon a time, not so long ago, in fact, where every day was complete fucking misery. It really was job hated it relationship hated it i will note that was a previous relationship environment hated it and i mean I, I i hated it genuinely hated it 
not dislike. I wasn't just moaning and bitching about it. Like I hated it. Really, really unhappy. Very, very low point in my life. But kept staying there. Why? I was getting paid all right, you know. And uh, you know, uh, you find all these excuses, don't you? To stick at it, you find all these excuses to 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 justify you staying there. And you take can take it a little bit further to go to something called learned helplessness, which some of you may have had experiences of. And learned helplessness is essentially you, your mindset, getting to the point of understanding that you know what this is probably as good as it's going to get. Better the devil you know. And I'll just stick with it because, you know, I know how to deal with it for now. Might make me feel completely miserable, but it's better than going into the unknown. That's called learned helplessness. You are learning to be completely helpless. And that is the extreme aspect of living a life that you dislike or even hate. So I want you to really think about this one. We are going to come out of this big deep well that we've dived straight headfirst into in this particular call. But I really want to hammer this home because this is the main perspective of what it is that we're going to be talking about. What are the beliefs that are holding you back? When you started this process, what were the beliefs that were holding you back? Because I would have asked every single one of you, what's stopping you from doing this yourself? Why? Because I ask everybody that. It's a very important question before taking someone on for coaching. What's stopping you? What were the beliefs that you had? Now, temper that with your limitations. What aspects of your life do you really dislike at the moment? It could be time management. It could be your job. It could be relationships. It could be people around you. It could be the fact that you just don't feel like you're succeeding. It could be the fact that actually you're taking the easy path all the time. And you know something? It's really bugging you. And then you think, oh, I'm really frustrated. I'm disappointed. Even worse, disappointed in myself because... I haven't been able to follow through on the plan, do the thing that I said I was going to do. I have no, linking back to a call we did the other day, no um, stack of undeniable proof that I am who I say I am. What happens when you don't have a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are? What happens? Think about it for a minute. What happens? If you don't have a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are, what do you think happens? What happens, team, is you change who you say you are. Because when we lose that stack of undeniable proof, that first starts by us saying good things about us. I am the person who can climb a mountain. I am the person who can do a half marathon at a drop of hat. I am the sort of person who could disappear off to Nepal and go climbing. I am the sort of person who can run the ultramarathon. I am that person. I can do it. I can stick to the training. I can get up early. I can do the grind. I can fall in love with boring. I can get it done. I am the sort of person who does this. But for some reason, you have sabotaged yourself. You've held yourself back, insert term here, to the point where actually it's like, do you know what? I'm not actually the sort of person that because I haven't got enough proof. Maybe I've gone straight to a 80-mile ultramarathon before doing a 10K run or a half marathon. Maybe I've gone straight to the elite mountain expedition and been put off by something I'm just I'm just not competent in yet. I'm not ready for. I don't have a stack of undeniable proof to do to, that I am who I say I am. So who you say you are changes. That language changes. That belief changes. And as that changes... You lower the bar naturally. 
Because if you have no proof that you are who you say you are, if you have nothing to back up the things that you want to be, if you're saying that you want to be the sort of person who can go and hike Hadrian's Wall, go and do the thing, whatever it is, go and drop and do, do the triathlon, bugger off and do the ultramarathon, but you have no proof, you will inadvertently lower your own bar and your self-dialogue, your internal monologue will change and then you will seek proof for that change. So, for example, um, let's use for an example. I want to be the sort of person who can disappear off, go into the expedition, climb the mountains. I want to go off to the Alps. I want to do the thing. I, I want to have the discipline. I'm the sort of person who will get up and train. But actually, I haven't been able to do those things. Maybe I'm not the sort of person who gets up in the morning. Oh, do you know what? I, I tried that mountain. It was too hard and I failed. And then what you do is you start to give you that proof because it's easier then to self-critically analyze and go, yeah, I did screw up on that day. Yeah, I did do that. And it's so easy to find the negative. And you dig and you dig and you dig. What do you do? You build a stack of undeniable proof that you are that lower level of you that you're saying now that you are. And I hope you can see the difference there. That's a very important difference. Because what we need to do to get out of that team is you've got to have the courage to take a long, hard look. Long, hard look in the mirror, as the saying goes. You've got to look at where you're at. You all know, I bloody well hope you all know, there's a lot of you in this call. I'm very grateful to have you all here, so thank you. You all know, I will move mountains to help you get to where you want to go. I will. I will fly to Austria and run the ultramarathon with you. At the drop of a hat, I will ride the 100 miles with you. I will do the night shift on the massive 100-mile run. I will do everything I possibly can to lead you to water. Not calling you a horse. To lead you to water. But you're the only ones that can drink. And it has to be you that takes that long, hard look in the mirror to say, am I actually doing that? Like I said, I shared in a um, call the other day. When you look at your actions, when you look at your habits, if you continued doing them, would you get to where you want to be? Yes or no? Say it amongst yourselves now as you're sat watching this, listening to my dulcet tones drill on on a Wednesday evening. I want you to answer yourself out loud to your computer or your phone right now. If I maintained the habits that I'm doing right now and continuously did them, would I get to where I'm going to be? Yes or no? Don't justify it in any other way. Just answer it as a yes or a no. If the answer is yes, flipping brilliant. If the answer is no, flipping brilliant. Because if the answer is no, we've got work to do. If the answer is yes, there's always work to improve. There's always progress to be made. But you have to have the courage to look at that and go, if it is no, what needs to change? You've probably all heard me say this same question to you. What is the biggest challenge here or what is the real challenge here for you right now? If the answer to that previous question is no, what is the biggest challenge that you've got right now? It might be, ladies and gentlemen, that your biggest challenge is, quite frankly, in your own self-critical mind, you're being a bit lazy. I'm not here to call you lazy. I'm not. I'm saying that that's maybe where your mind goes. I'm saying that that's where your mind might go. Do you know what? Yeah, maybe I am being a bit lazy. I have that quite often, quite often. 
because I'll get swept away and doing too much work and I think, bloody hell, Ben, I'm just being lazy at the moment. Get out and do something. It's normal. It's normal. Other people might be a little bit more mindful to the approach and go, actually, maybe, you know, my body isn't ready. Maybe I da 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 da. You know, whatever your justification is, I'm not putting anyone down for that justification, but know it, look at it, understand it. Because when you become friends with that justification, you need to understand what the next important, most important steps are. Because that's how we make progress. And when we look at those action steps, when we look at what those next steps are, we need to understand that we can't control everything. Like it says here, controlling your reactions. When you can't control what happens to you, you can control how you react to it. That's the definition of power, right? We can't control everything that happens to us. We can't. You, you know, everybody knows we can't do that. But we can control how we react to it. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head now. I've just um, finished reading Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meeting, Meaning. Fascinating book. For those who don't know, Viktor Frankl is a um, psychologist who, a psychiatrist, sorry, who um, survived World War II concentration camps. He was in Auschwitz of all of them, which is notoriously one of, if not the worst concentration camp in history. He survived his way through it. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm, I am going to screw this this quote up, but I'm going to try my best. He said, sorry, folks, this is, this is something that my brain has just clicked on now and I haven't prepared to put it in this call. Man's last freedom, obviously people's last freedom, was the ability to be able to decide how to react to certain stimulus. I have definitely changed the quote. But the premise is that your last true freedom is being able to decide how to react to something. When you can't control what happens to you, Viktor Frankl definitely can't control what happened to him in a concentration camp. I'm not comparing what you're going through to a concentration camp, but I'm saying there's perspective here. You can control how you react to it. And the stories in this book are fascinating. You know, people who are beyond starvation, genuinely rotting people, and they're giving away their last ration of bread so that somebody else can have it. You know, people are giving up certain scraps of things in order to make other people's lives better. They're controlling how they react to that. They're working their way through it. And you can do exactly the same. You can't control what happens to you. Illness, injury, life, acts of God, acts of anything, anything happening. There's a damn sight that you can't control. But the one thing that you know that you can control for absolute 100% certainty is how you react to them. You can't control whether someone cuts you up on the way to work, but you can control how you react to it. And how you react to it can be one of two ways. It can be a bit more aggressively, and that puts you in a bad mood for the rest of the day. It can be a little bit more, you know, it is what it is. And you get on with your day, and all of a sudden it hasn't influenced your day in any negative way, shape or form. In addition, your reactions. Can you control whether you wake up more tired one day than you do another? Well, I guess you could argue to an extent, yes. But you can control that you wake up to the fact that it's six o'clock and you get up anyway, seven days a week, no matter what. Because that's the standard that you have set yourself. I have asked an awful lot of you 
and I know that some of you are listening and watching this, so I'm speaking directly to you. What are your baseline standards? Because if life's hard for you right now, I'm not going to necessarily send sympathy your way because life will be hard for all of us. What I'm saying here, what are your baseline standards that you do, that you act out when life does get hard? Is your standard, I get up at six o'clock in the morning and I'm in the gym for half past six, whether I feel like it or not, I just get it done. Like Mike Tyson says, discipline is doing what you hate to do like you love to do it. Is your baseline standard that you get up in the morning and you have a liter of water and then you get outside and, you know, just kind of breathe a couple of breaths of fresh air and you crack on with your day? Is your baseline standard the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day? You don't look at your phone. Is your baseline standard that you have at least one hugely, obtusely, insultingly healthy meal per day? Is your baseline standard that you track your calories? Is your baseline standard that you maintain your five training sessions a week? Whatever they are, you you fill them in for you. I want you to write them down right now if you can, if you're not driving. I know a couple of you are driving. If not, do it when you get home. What are your baseline standards? Because let me tell you something, and I will be speaking directly to people now. And if I am talking to you, and this does resonate with you in your head, think about it. What is it that you're doing right now that's either getting you closer to your goals or not getting you closer to your goals. If life's happening to you and it's just taking you for a ride and you're just not doing anything about it, where do you think you're going to end up? And I'm, I'm talking to from a place of experience in this. It's horrible. I don't like it when it feels like life's just taking you for a ride and everything's just happening to you and it feels like you're at the back foot and everything's going wrong. But that, that's how life works it really is when you feel like you are completely helpless and you're you're drowning in all of this stuff that's going on you have lost the understanding or the grip on the fact that you can control how you react to these things the outcome that you're experiencing down uh, experiencing right now to these things that are happening to you are 100 percent on you they are 100% your choices, your actions, your thoughts. I'm not here to give you the answers. I'm here to stimulate the answers. I'm here to ask you the right questions. I'm here to invite you to think through in different ways, gain different perspectives. Prime example, spoke to one of you wonderful people earlier this week. Stuck in the trenches when we were looking at calories specifically. One day went to pot. Life happened. And maybe we stumbled on how we how we react to life happening. And then it felt like the whole world was over. Calories gone out the window, overeaten. It's all the end of the world. What was the perspective we needed? Well, calories are fickle. So let's look at how much we've overeaten on that day. How does that then interact with our calories for the entire week? Bearing in mind, it takes a long time to put weight on team. It also takes a long time to, to lose that weight. So one day, in the grand scheme of things, means very little, especially when you're a few hundred, just a few hundred calories over. Don't get me wrong. If you had a day where you had 12,000 calories, then clearly there's going to be something wrong there. But how does that compare to the entire week, the entire weekly average, the seven-day average? All of a sudden, this person was already in a deficit throughout the entire week, daily average, 
for that week. Which means that life happened on one day. How do we control that one day? We gain perspective of the whole week. Does that one day let the week down? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, right, let's dive into that day a little bit more. If the answer is no, let's look at the grand scheme of things. Fantastic. It doesn't impact that week. If it doesn't impact that week, it doesn't impact that month. If it does impact that week, does that week impact that month? Let's look at it even bigger. Maybe it was completely different out of the blue week. Does that influence the entire month? Yes or no? Rarely will the answer be yes. Commonly will the answer be no. So we can control how we react to it by understanding that we have that power to do so. We can look at these things and go, right, this is happening. How am I reacting to it? And this is the difficult question to ask. I've just finished reading a book about um, different personalities, and I want to share it all with you um, later on this week because they've got like a little personality assessment that I would love to invite you all to do because it's, it's fascinating. And basically, it puts people into groups of colors. You have like red people, yellow people, green people, and blue people. And it's very fascinating to read it and kind of see where you fit because some of those paragraphs were literally written about me. And it was very interesting to understand because when we read through those, we understand okay, yes, we're not entirely that one color. They're definitely a palette of multiple colors, but we understand better how we react equally. From my perspective, I'm understanding how different colors react because all of you are different colors and I want to understand you better. So that's kind of why I was reading that book. But you understand how you're reacting to when life happens because most challenges in a coaching journey will come from when life happens and we feel like we're losing control. It's a bit like you're climbing up a wall and you feel your fingers slipping off the hold panic sets in you think everything's going wrong but actually what you haven't done is looked at your left hand and placed that on an even bigger hold but you're only focusing on the right hand and it's slipping and it's slipping and it's slipping and it's slipping and you look down and everything's going wrong the gear is going to pop out and everything's going to go wrong you're going to fall and it's going to be horrible it's my job to help you just look at the left hand to take some weight off the right hand do you make does that make sense for those who are new here welcome to ben turner analogies i love a good analogy now, this is a little cliche, but I wanted to throw it in there anyway. Strength. The strongest trees weather violent storms. And what results is stronger, more resilient growth. You too can grow in the face of adversity. Yes, as cliche, cringe as that sounds, I want you to take it for exactly what it is. Think of yourself as a weathered tree. Take that how you want to take that. The strongest trees weather violent storms. Now, once upon a time, I used to work on an estate something like 50 odd acre, I think it was a state, um, lots of trees. And I like trees. I'm not a tree surgeon, but I like trees. And there was one thing you could see on the west coast of Scotland, an awful lot of wind, an awful lot of weather, especially when you're on the coast. What were the most resilient things? The hardiest things in that weather, the things that leaned into the weather and took it. They became stronger. They became more resilient. The things that could not weather that storm fell by the wayside and i want you to think about all the thoughts and all the reactions you've had to previous storms quote unquote in your life and how you have weathered those i will tell you and i'll put my hand up to be first in line with this there are certain storms in life that you definitely failed at i certainly have oh my goodness me i have been one of those weaker trees that have fallen over time and time again and i'll guarantee that that's happened with all you as well so we need to understand 
that in order to get through the various storms in life, and quite frankly, this could be as big a problem as possible to a smaller problem as possible. Because at the end of the day, yes, you might have a big, strong tree, but if the wind's going in the wrong in the right direction, just so, it won't take much to fell that tree, right? So we need to understand that in the face of adversity, in the face of challenge, in the face of life happening, you can grow stronger, but you cannot give up. Don't just go quiet and play it by the sidelines and just wait for it all to end. That's not helping anybody. That is categorically wasting your time. Be open to the fact that if you are struggling, there's work to be done, there's things to be done, and you have a coaching corner that is world-class to lean into. A coaching corner that will move mountains for you to lean into. When people come at me with problems and issues, I love it. I don't have all the answers. And I'm sure those who have had these more recent conversations with me will, will, will admit I don't have all the answers. Very rarely do I actually give answers, but more frequently will I give questions because you already know the answers. It's my job to help get them out of you. We've had some prime examples of that over the last few days. Prime examples, and you know who you are. In the face of that adversity, it takes a change of perspective and you can grow stronger. Why? How are you growing stronger? With new skill, with new knowledge, with new ways of looking at things so that you go into that challenge again in the future, which will definitely happen. And you can go into it with a different perspective, a different mindset and a different set of skills to be able to deal with it. Just because you have dealt with a problem once does not mean it will never come back again. And quite frankly, team, to make this a little bit more of a positive feel, let's look at those goals that we are trying to achieve, whether it's a physical goal, whether it's a race, whatever it is. Do you actually believe that you have what it takes to achieve it? Now, let's be honest, team. If the answer is no, that's not a bad thing. That might just mean that you're trying to take too big a bite right now. In which case, like I've said in a previous call, let's, let's bring the bar low enough. Building that stack of undeniable proof, remember? Well, that stack of undeniable proof is success after success after success. And we cannot amass those successes if we bite off more than we can chew. If we turn around and say, look, my ultimate goal is to canoe the entire length of the Yukon. And that's what we look at. And it's a three-year goal. And we have no other goals in there at all whatsoever. When you get six weeks out from canoeing the Yukon, you might be in pristine condition. You might be a physical specimen. You might be fully prepared, ready, 100%. But if you have a niggling bit of doubt and you don't have an, a stack of undeniable proof in your head that you can do it, then that niggling doubt's gonna gnaw and gnaw away. Think of the Olympic athlete. Well, the Olympics happen every four years, right? So does an Olympic athlete decide in, I'm gonna get all the dates wrong, but I'm just using it for the best of my maths. In 2020, decide that in 2024, they're gonna do the Olympics. Do they spend four years just practicing the 100 meter sprint and nothing else? with no other forms of competition, just so they can, can perform at the Olympics? Definitely not. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to do the Europe, they're, they're going to do the UK Athletics Championships. You're going to do the European Athletic Championships. You're going to do the World Athletic Championships. You're going to do all these different things so that you can build that stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are, which is an Olympic-grade sprinter. What that person is doing 
is building all that proof, learning all those lessons, taking all of that knowledge, all that value, all that wisdom forward to improve training, to go through in order to get to the Olympics, a much richer, wiser and stronger version of themselves, rather than that person who's just put all of their money on red, gone to the Olympics without really testing themselves and hoping for the best. Can you see the difference? Because if you don't truly believe that you have what it takes to achieve your goals, lower the bar. Lower the bar to such an extent that you know that you can achieve it because then you can get it done. If you're turning around saying, look, I'm going to do a hundred mile run, but you're thinking, do you know what? I genuinely don't have, I, I just don't think I can achieve that. Do a 50 mile run, do a marathon, bring it right down, do a 10 mile run. It might be insultingly simple to do, but what that's doing in your head is it's putting pieces of the jigsaw together. It's like looking at the biggest, most complex, convoluted jigsaw puzzle in the world. If you look at that masterpiece picture that's on the box and you're thinking, oh my God, this is good. I just don't think I can do this. You know, a 1500 piece jigsaw, there's no way I could do that. But if you just get a corner and you put those pieces together and you've got your corner and you've got another corner, then you've got another corner, then you've got another corner and then you can link the edges up. You can see where we're going. You're essentially building a stack of undeniable proof that you can, you can fix a jigsaw puzzle. You can complete a jigsaw puzzle, right? And that's what you need to do along your progress. Because if you're failing to control your reactions, let's be real here. If you are failing to control your reactions to a given stimulus that's happening to you right now in life, you have lost your vision for what it is that you're trying to achieve. You are not leaning into that face of adversity. And you are potentially now thinking that you just don't have what it takes to achieve those goals. You have lost that stack of undeniable proof. How do we get that back? We need to rebuild it. Lower the bar, make the achievements. When you get lost on a mountainside, you don't continue just looking at the end state until you hope to get there. You dial it right into the one meter box around you to try and figure out where the hell you are. Because once you've found that, then you can look at the five meters around you, the 10 meters, the 100 meters, the kilometers around you to figure out where on earth you are to build that stack of undeniable proof that you are where you are. Does that make sense? There's a lot to think of and consider here, team. And I know that some of you are going through it at the moment, going through the motions, going through a hard time. Don't back off. Really, honestly, makes no difference to me. This is all difference to you. The reason I'm saying this is because, quite frankly, team, I have your best interests at the forefront of my mind because you are all here and you've all trusted me to help you along this journey. And I can't be there to get you out of bed in the morning to get you to do it. I'm here on a computer screen on a Wednesday evening. Whoops. Sorry about that. I'm here on a computer screen on a Wednesday evening. It is down to you to understand and recognize where you are. And don't just chin it off, team. Stop putting yourself on the back burner. Exceptional and mediocre. I thought it was quite fun. Because if you are 20% exceptional, you need to train and live to be exceptional all the time. Now, think about this as the uh, as the Olympics, right? That's the 20% of exceptional. That's the, the It's the tip of the iceberg that people see. What people don't see is the base of the iceberg, the mass of the iceberg that's under the water. 
in order to show that 20% of exceptional performance, running the race, doing the thing, the actual goal itself, people need to learn to live and train to be exceptional all the time. Who is it you're trying to become? Now, let me run you through an example here. When I was in the army, I spent the best part of three years trying to join the special forces. This is not a back in my day story. I failed. I really did. Didn't go very far. I spent three years trying to do it. For the first year, I'll admit, I was 20 years old. I was a little bit young in the head, very immature. didn't really know what I was doing. And it was the best decision to not take that course any further. On year two, I got to the jungle. I fell over a tree and I broke my knee. It was not very good. Um, and then year three, the third year I committed to doing this, I'd upset a lot of people, put a few noses out of joints in order to get me to that point because I was quite arrogant, aggressive, and I just wanted to get out of the job that I was doing. And I knew that I needed to perform at my absolute best because I was around the pinnacle of soldiers in the army and I wanted to be one. And in order to be that, I needed to live like special air service soldier 24 7 i mean i was reading all books that i could find on the sas all the history i was contacting people all the time as much as i possibly possibly could i was going to their camps as much as possible just to be around people they didn't care who i was i was just a number nobody cares but i was going there to train and to eat and to just walk around the camp so i could see them be like these people i needed to be dialed into discipline to get up in the morning and train because that's what I needed to do, to do what's necessary, not always what I wanted to do because it was necessary to try and be exceptional throughout that entire time in order to bring about the result that I wanted. That 20% exceptional performance, the selection course itself in this sense, was the result of trying to be exceptional all the time, trying to do exactly what it is that I needed to do. Because what people actually try and do, folks, and this is a bit of a reality hit, is in order to be that 20% exceptional, i.e. the performance on the race, the performance on the event, the performance on the adventure, what we don't do is we don't act exceptional for the remaining 80%. We actually act more mediocre because we're living average lives by behaving averagely. We're not making the daily decisions that are congruent to who it is that we're trying to be. No, you don't need to be 100% perfect. I've said it to people before. But we need to not be 80% mediocre. We need to look at the decisions we're making through life. Are they helping me go forward, yes or no? If the answer is no, do something different. It is that simple. If the answer is yes, fantastic. Let's get it done. Because as we are progressing you forward, team, we are getting you out of living in a mediocre way. And we are bringing you up to help make those daily decisions much better for you. What that means is the more of an exceptional standard that you hold yourself to, when life does happen, you're able to deal with it better. If you let that standard slip when life does happen, we falter somewhat. Weathering the storm. This was a fun um this was a fun quote that I came across. When you come out of the storm, you will not be the same person that walked into the storm. And that is the storm in itself. Now, my interpretation of that is when we go into when we go into hardship, when we go into adversity, when we go into these things, you emerge the other side of that a different version of yourself. But it's not 
the actual hardship that was the tough thing at all. That wasn't necessarily the storm in itself. The storm in itself was actually the difference between the version of you that started versus the version of you that finished. Now, there might be family things going on in your life. There might be professional things going on in your life. There might be internal things going on in your life. There might be health things going on in your life. All this stuff, everything happens. The person who went into this particular issue, storm, challenge, is not the same person that walked out. But what can be, what can really play on our minds is when we're going into it, is actually being able to visualize that person at the end, being able to live congruently, to make the decisions congruently with that person. Because we go through the storm, we understand the struggle. The struggles are the opportunities to mold your character. Overcoming them makes you stronger and gives you the resilience to overcome future challenges. We go into the storm, we deal with the struggle. If you're dealing with the struggle, this is where a lot of people can find themselves. Because when you are dealing with that struggle, you are in the point where you are then learning, growing, and adapting. When you are in the struggle, you are nose the grindstone, treading through the trenches. And the transformation comes when you realize that you are in control. When you realize that where you are right now is enough. You are good enough where you are. You really are. But if you want to be better, there are things that need to be done. There is a transformation that needs to happen. We need to embrace that process and we need to strive in towards that struggle to emerge stronger. Because the irony is, folks, if you want to change your jobs, change your life, get on the adventure, do the next thing, but you're not happy where you're at right now, then you're going to have to make your life even harder to come out the other side, a better version of yourself. When you start a business, you don't just jack your job in and then start that business because clearly you've got things to be, you know, you've got bills to pay. If you want to change your job, then you're going to have to work harder while in the back end of that job when mentally you're clocking out so that you can get the new job. When you're in the depths of the hardest, toughest adventure you've ever done in your life, you're stuck in the weather, it's hard work, and there is no option for you to just stop and set up camp. And guess what? You've got to put your head down, you've got to put your hood up, and you've got to crack on through it, into it, head first, until you get out the other side. That's the transformation. The storm is, is just the catalyst. It's just the catalyst for that transformation. And again, as cliche as it is, weathering the storm is exactly what we need to be doing, team. Exactly what we need to be doing. Now, the power of positive thinking I've put in there because it's a fantastic title to a book. Um, it's a fantastic book, and I highly recommend that people um, read it. I think, I think I've actually got it on my shelf. It is this one by Norman Vincent Peale. It's a fantastic book. Very, very old school. The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Very, very old school book on... It's a good dose of just motivational reading. Now, I think that's not all of it. There are certain things that we need to do. When we look at the Power of Positive Thinking, we look at visualization, we look at up the obstacle to overcome, and then we look at the growth at the other side. Now, there are some schools of thought that think that just thinking positively will get us through all of these things, and that just categorically in the world, according to Ben, is not true. Visualization allows people like you, adventurous people like you, and successful people like you to see themselves accomplish their goals before they have, before they happen. That's why it's important. Dialing back a couple of slides to make sure the bar is low enough 
to ensure that you can see success. If you've got a 100-mile bike ride coming up, you need to see yourself crossing that line. If, you, if there's a version of you that you're trying to become, the person who is ever ready for the next adventure, always 10 weeks out, whatever, for the next adventure, then guess what? You need to see that. You need to visualize it. Because what do you do otherwise? You think, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not on it. And then you start to visualize the unfit version of you, maybe the fatter version of you, maybe the lazier version of you, maybe the version of you that bypasses all the adventures, maybe the version of you that just doesn't live like that anymore. And the more you think about that, the more you will bring it to fruition, because that, quite frankly, folks, is how it works. You put something into something called your reticular activator, which is in your brain, and all of a sudden you start to see that particular outcome. It's like um, if you say that you wanted to get this specific car, give an example of a car, maybe oh, let's just go for a Tesla. You know, you want to upgrade the car to a nice adventure coach colored teal orange and white tesla well then guess what all you're going to start seeing is teslas around all over the place because it's in your reticular activator you are you have hardwired your brain to search for those things the power of positive thinking is showing you that if you visualize the outcome you're going to start seeing more people doing that particular outcome all of a sudden you're going to start seeing opportunities to go and see people speak about stuff you're going to go to bamp film festival you're going to start putting yourself around these things simply because it's at the forefront of your mind then while it's important to acknowledge obstacles it's more important to have a positive attitude to overcoming them yes it is important to have a positive attitude when it comes to these um obstacles no that will not solve the obstacle but it will damn well help you get through it this does not replace competence to get through those obstacles but it does help your mindset to go forward and then again, a little bit cliche, but I was on one here. Just like a plant that starts as a tiny sapling, we too grow and develop over time with the right mindset, competence, and accountability, the trifecta of things that are important in the world, according to Ben, we can then reach new heights. Mindset, competence, accountability. I will help you develop your mindset if you apply yourself to this process. Together, we will build your competence to that given adventure that you're trying to do. And I, Claire, and the rest of this community will hold you accountable to you doing what you said you were going to do. That is how this process works. We put the strategy in place. We look at the key performance indicators. We look at the action steps necessary to progress you forward. And we hold you accountable to do it. If you say, I can do it, I'm going to hold you accountable to you doing what you said you were going to do. If you don't do it, no, I'm not going to punish you, but we're going to unpack it. We're going to figure out why and what went wrong. Some of it's going to be un uncomfortable. Some of it you're going to be able to deal with and take it on the chin. And that is part of this process. But you cannot just switch off, team, because life is too short to do that. If you're here, if you're committed to doing something, if you're committed to changing yourself, if you're committed to developing and you want to push yourself forward, guess what? You're going to have to take it. You're going to have to get into the trenches, get dirty, get muddy, and do the work necessary. It is not always going to be easy. And it's never really going to be easy. There are times where it feels fantastic, but that's different to feeling easy. And there are times where it feels hard and that's rewarding. That's challenging. It's horrible sometimes. But it's the storm. It's the transformation that's necessary. So let's wrap this up here, team. Taking control of you and your life. Take a long, hard look at yourself. 
What are you selling to yourself that you think you need? This is a bit more of a loaded question because when people come to me with nutrition things that they want to develop, Ben, I want to lose weight. Well, the initial thing that I'm thinking in my head is the weight loss. What's the problem here? Because the weight loss is very seldom the actual issue at hand. The fitness is very seldom the actual issue at hand. When people say, I need to change this about myself, people usually and naturally go one layer deep. I will keep asking you why. I will keep digging until we go a good solid three, four, five layers deep to try and figure out what on earth is actually going on. I've had some wonderful conversations with that, uh, with people who have gone through this process very recently. And if this is you and you're watching this or you're listening to this, thank you. I really appreciate it. That was just wonderful conversations. Because that's people who are open to a bit of digging. That's the taking the long, hard look at yourself. And I'm here to be the catalyst of questions. Because what are you selling to yourself? Oh, I just need this. I just need this little tip. Or I just need this in my plan. Or I just need, you know, this one thing. When I know for a fact there are other things going on, and you know for a fact there are other things going on, there are deeper things that need to be fixed here. So what are you selling to yourself that you think you need? What is the issue that's actually being masked here? And then it takes the confidence to go, do you know what? Yeah. The issue that I'm masking here is the fact that, you know, I feel like I've given up. You know, I feel like I'm being lazy at the moment. I feel like I'm just not accomplishing what I thought I could accomplish. You know, I feel like I'm really struggling because of this at work, because of this in my life, because of this in my family. I feel like I'm really struggling because there's a there's too much of a deficit between me now and the version of me that I'm trying to become. And I'm struggling to come to terms with that. Those are the issues, not the tweak in the change training plan, not the new coaching cue, not the little thing. Those are the deeper issues. Because then we look at the goal setting. Do you truly believe that you have it in you to accomplish these things? Yes or no. If the answer is no, lower the bar until it is a yes. And then accomplish the yes. Get that stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Because then the mindset shift comes through. And this is something that I want to leave with you all. This is the last slide. Or I'm fairly certain it's the last slide anyway. Do you execute when you feel like executing? Or do you execute because that's what you do? There's a massive, colossal difference between the two team. Are you just doing the do when you feel like doing the do? When it's sunny. And it's nice and it's warm and it's shiny and it's lovely and everything's comfortable. When you feel better to go out for a run or go out and get the training done or do the, you know, do the diet changes and the habit changes and the mindset changes or the, the skills that you need to do or the work that you need to do. Or are you doing it when you feel like it? Do you need to go to the gym and stick to a specific plan? Or are you going to the gym to massage your ego to do the things that you thought you could do? You don't feel like doing what's necessary, so you do what you want to do. Same with nutrition. You don't feel like eating what's necessary, so you eat what you want to eat, and that's a bag of cookies. Is that helping you, yes or no? Do you execute when you feel like executing? Do you get up on time or do you click snooze? That's the easiest, most powerful thing for you to adapt in your everyday life. Getting out of bed at the same time every morning, seven days a week. Don't look at me as if I've gone out seven days a week. Why? It's the most healthy routine you can possibly do for yourself because you regulate your circadian rhythm. 
I'm sure you will agree with me that if you do click snooze, you will feel worse the hour later when you wake up. With the exception of the very few people who might have really busy nights, changeable shifts, whatever, insert thing here, in which case getting up at the same time every morning is the least of your worries. Doing the night shifts is the biggest of your worries. There's a lot of things to be dealing with there. There's a lot of things to move. But are you executing when you feel like executing? If you are on night shifts, you are on changeable shifts all the time. Are you committing to get the training done whether you feel like it or not? Or are you saying and talking yourself out of it because, you know, oh, I feel a bit tired and, you know, is it going to make a difference that you go out for a 30 minute session if you cut the session in half to get it done? It's going to make a massive difference if you say no and don't do it. But it's going to maintain progression if you do something when you set up to get it done and you execute even when you don't feel like executing. Now, just looking over my notes, there's a few things that I want to leave you with. Remember, team, when it comes to a coaching process, the workout is a fraction of what we do. Look at this. Have the courage to push yourself and take that long, hard look at yourself to understand why it is that you're here. Why did you fork out the cash to be here in the first place? What is it you're trying to achieve? And be open and honest with yourself and me to be able to jump into that hyper support and just bluntly tell me. Because that's what we're here to do. That is what we're here to do. And you need to be in a mindset that is ready to challenge the beliefs that you have given yourself over a lifetime of conditioning that are holding you back from doing what it is that you know you can do or that I know you can do and that you are not quite there yet. If you don't think differently, you don't act differently. It's quite simple, folks. If you don't think differently, you don't act differently. So what I want to end with here now for the last minute is I want to invite you to do a bit of deep digging, di deep digging, get my teeth in, deep digging into yourself to figure out what it is that you're trying to achieve. Because... Right now, if you're going through the storm, if you're going through hardship, whether that's injury, whether that's illness, whether that's just gen anything that's going on in life right now, for you right now, going back to that age-old challenge, what is the real challenge here for you right now? Understand what that challenge is. I want to ask yourself that right now. Whether you've just started this coaching process, whether you are months, if not years into it, what is the real challenge for you here right now? What is it? And I challenge you now, please jump onto hyper support and tell me with zero context, what is the biggest challenge that's here for you right now? If I don't spend the evening hearing my laptop beep and beep and beep as messages come through, I will be challenging you all anyway. What's the biggest challenge for you here right now? What are you facing? What's the storm that you're facing? And then what I want you to do, what I invite you to do, is to look at how you are reacting to it. Are you shelling up, closing down doors, not opening up, becoming uncoachable, shutting yourself away because you think that you're not important or that you've got other things to deal with? Money's the problem, family's the problem, job's the problem, the dog's the problem. Or are you in a mindset of thinking, I really need to figure out what this is, but I just don't know how. 
just like Tony said in his review of his challenge the other day when we were digging into running the 10. It's not a question that I'm going to do it. It's just a question of how. If you're in the mindset of looking at this storm that you're going through and saying to yourself, it's not a question that I'm going to get through it. It's a question of how I'm going to get through it. Then I invite you to jump onto WhatsApp right now after this call in 30 seconds time and tell me exactly what the real challenge is here for you right now. If you find that your reaction to this particular challenge is you're shelling up, you're you're overanalyzing things, you're just you're getting lost, you're you're overwhelmed, and you feel like you're treading water in treacle, then I challenge you to get into WhatsApp Hyper Support and tell me what that challenge is, so that we can get through it together. Because if you don't, you will never get that problem solved, and you will live with that problem until you have an even bigger problem further on down the line. And I'm not saying that because I am the oracle that has all the questions and the answers. I'm saying that because I have done the exact same thing. And for the particular challenge that I'm thinking of that I went through at that particular point, it took me nearly two years to get out of it. But if I had had an adventure coach back then, I would have got out of it a damn sight quicker because I would have had the tools necessary to get through it. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, to be completely open and honest with you right now, that is the exact reason that I have created the Adventure Coach. Because that is exactly what I needed at that particular time in life. Because coaching is hard. Going through self-development is hard. It really is. You're going to find challenges. Life's hard. It really is. Like I said, I don't have all the answers. But I will do anything. I will move mountains to ensure that we find a solution that works. Even when the solutions do and don't work and we try and error our way through it, know that I'll be treading those goddamn trenches with you until the bitter end. I will. That's what coaches do. That's what I'm here for you for. So I love it when people jump into the messages and say, look, I'm struggling with this because we can workshop it. So there we go, team. I'm going to leave you with that. So thank you all very much. What a fantastic turnout on the call for this evening. Uh, we are Bob on an hour. So um, thank you for your, your attention on a Wednesday evening. Uh, I'm going to leave you all now to go and enjoy some dinner. I'm going to do exactly the same and watch an episode of Peaky Blinders before going to bed. And I will look forward to reviewing all of your messages tomorrow. Do it. Jump onto messages. Tell me what the biggest challenge is for you right now. If you think you're doing well, fantastic. Tell me what's challenging you. If you feel like you're struggling, fantastic. Tell me what's challenging you. Let's do this together. All right, team. Peace. Arrivederci. Have a fantastic evening. Happy Wednesday. And I will speak to you all very soon. Peace, team.